Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Here we are again. I'm so glad to be with you, and our guest is going to be as well. It is October 16th. 2019. I can't believe it. We're going to be into the holidays very shortly. So today we have Adita Lang with us. She's inspirational. She's energetic. She's a true professional in her field and very excited she's with us. We're going to be talking about just one of her books. She has a couple of them, uh, Superpowers. And we're going to talk about her journey relative to why she wrote this book and basically the audience for it. Some background. She is a mother of two. She started as a fitness instructor over 30 years ago, and then she expanded from a biomechanics and resistance training expert to what she is now, which is a nutritional guru, mind-body coach. So come on on, Adita. Welcome. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here. I always start the show out by asking, how did you get on the path that you're on today? I mean, obviously, it started way back 30 years ago as a fitness instructor. But what was the turning point? For where you are today? Well, unfortunately, the turning point for where I am today was a divorce. Um, and so at that point, I, you know, I, I look at it as you have two choices. You can sit there and wallow around being upset and, you know, resentful or whatever that is. Or you can say, you know what, I have an opportunity of creating a brand new life for myself. What do I want that to look like? And so that's the choice I took. <laughs> And in turn, started writing books and doing some other stuff. So it all turned out really, really well. Oh, that's wonderful. I wish that more people were, you know, able to do that. Yeah. I, interestingly enough, I've, I've now coached, I mean, and I'm not necessarily doing it intentionally, but um, I've had a couple of friends who've been going through similar things. And so I've kind of stepped in to coach them to look at a, different way to just look at things differently you know because mm-hmm. we don't want to mm-hmm. sit there and wallow on the negative there's no reason for it when there's so many great things around us that's so, so true I, that's what I try to always encourage well and you know it it takes three positives to undermine one negative thing so what that means um, especially in your situation is oh my gosh 
<laughs> where in the world did it all come from? This positive yeah. thinking. Well, for me, I, I've always been this way. And it's interesting because I can't really say that my mother was a very positive, inspirational individual. My dad was. But when I initially got into fitness, I think that that's what kind of changed my world. Because in okay. the fitness industry, I, I didn't just teach classes at a local gym. I was actually training fitness professionals worldwide. And okay. I, my friends were all very positive and inspirational. And we just have, to, to this day, we continuously motivate and inspire each other. And we may not see each other in five or six years. And we see each other at a fitness conference. And all of a sudden, it's like your best friend just showed up. And we are back to where we were. And so that, that entire uh, journey through the fitness industry, I think, really shaped a lot of my perspective. Mm. Where did the nutritional aspect come in? Was it, for, was it something well, in, that – did you have a health challenge where this kind of creeped in, or, or what happened? Well, not really. Um, what ended up occurring is originally I went to college for exercise physiology. And when I was going to school, at the same time, I was being requested from um, gyms in Hong Kong or Spain or Paris. And, of course, that seemed so much more interesting to me than going to school. And my peers, they, you know, I, I reached out to a lot of friends of mine and mentors. And I'm like, what can I do? I really I want to get a degree, but I want to travel, too. And all of them said, do homeschooling. And interestingly enough, homeschooling back then is not what it is today. Back then, mm -hmm. they send you a giant box of books, and you travel with your books. And so I, when I did that and I was looking for the right homeschooling program, you know, they real, I couldn't really find anything good with exercise physiology, but there was holistic nutrition. And I was like, you know what? That would really kind of complete me. Because when it came to biomechanics and exercise physiology, just because of my mentors and what I was teaching to other fitness professionals, I had that down to a science. I didn't really need to go to school for that because I already knew it. But the yeah. nutrition aspect, I really didn't know that well. So it was excellent to bring that in as well. So that's how it kind of started. Mm -hmm. And then you've since incorporated it into your training programs with uh, yeah. coaches? With coaches, yeah. with individuals, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I came to really find out that it was, um, it, it is such an, a vital part of one's health. Mm -hmm. and, and I see so many people struggling with their weight, and they go to the gym five or six times a week, and they're still not losing weight. But it's mm -hmm. because they haven't really incorporated that, that nutritional aspect of it. And really, when I teach about health and wellness, I teach about exercise and movement, sleep and relaxation, um, happiness, and, of course, food and nutrition. So when you combine all four, that's what's creating a truly healthy individual. So let's go kind of down the list. Why don't you um, inform our listeners well, on what okay, you've come so up when with. It comes, let's, let's start with food and nutrition. Okay. So the – one of the things that people don't really recognize when it comes to foods is the sugar. And it's not just your typical sugar. It's sugar, flour, dairy, and, of course, for adults, alcohol. And all of those things break down and metabolize as a sugar. 
So the individual who has coffee, cream, and sugar for breakfast with toast, jam, and juice is basically only having sugar. And our body only needs a certain amount of sugar for our brain to function and do what it does. So then anything in excess is going to get stored as fat. And even though it could be a cracker, and the cracker is multigrain, organic, sprouted, all that kind of stuff, and it has zero grams of fat, the body still has the right to store it as fat. So what the food label says and what your body does with it are two completely different things. So I think that that's one of the first things that I try to deal with clients and let them know that, listen, for every single meal and snack, you can have only zero to one sugar. So now you got to make choices. So that person that has that breakfast that I just mentioned, I actually sat him down and said, okay, what is it that you're not willing to give up? And he says, I'm not give, willing to give up my coffee, cream, and sugar. And I said, fine. So that we stay. That'll be your sugar right there. But now then the rest of your breakfast has to be protein and good quality fat. So what are we going to choose? And we kind of went back and forth, back and forth, and we finally settled on eggs and avocado. Yeah, love it. So, you know, that stabilizes his blood sugar. He actually feels satiated for a longer period of time. And unfortunately, when he was having that sugary breakfast, by the time he walked into the office, he was starving because he had already broken down those foods already. So he was famished. And then someone would say, hey, do you want a bagel? And he would say yes. But now <laughs> with the eggs and avocado, <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? Come on. Um, but now with the eggs and avocado, he's satiated. So he doesn't need those extra calories because he's basically, you know, content until lunchtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, do that you, part of it is you, just so important. Do you ever recommend um, putting avocado in, in a smoothie for breakfast? Or Absolutely, are the fruits, are, yes. or do you consider the fruits too, too sugary, too much well, sugar? So ideally for the, for the perfect smoothie. Well, actually, just for any meal, you really want to eat a balanced combination of carbohydrates, which would come from fruit, vegetables, and unrefined grains, and then good quality protein and a little bit of fat. So if you're going to make a smoothie, you basically start off with your smoothie being green, and you use the fruit kind of as a seasoning just to sweeten it up just enough. Okay. Where most people put the fruit first and then add in a couple of leaves and, you know, protein if they want to, you got to do it a little bit backwards. So you start with all the green stuff, all the veggies, and then you put in just enough fruit to sweeten it. So you can use a soft pear, you know, whatever you want to sweeten it. So the avocado fits in there great because you don't taste the avocado, and the avocado actually makes the smoothie smoother. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that kind of it makes it a little bit yummier. But then you use your fruit, again, just as a sweetener, and ideally you put in a plant, like a raw plant-based protein so that you can add some more protein in there, unless you're going to have the smoothie with, I don't know, eggs on the side or some kind of protein on the side. Gotcha. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. But, but, the, avocado know, those are, those are things. but the avocado doesn't take the place of something green, though. Does no, it? No, but the avocado is, like, is great quality fat. That is, like, that is so good. I mean, the avocado, the fat from the avocado is so good for you. So that that brings in your fat into the into the whole mix. Okay, but this well, is a good instance, fat, and this is not a fat that's going to make us fat. Yeah, for instance, that makes sense. Usually in the morning, I'll have avocado, some protein powder, and some fruit mm-hmm. with ice and water and almonds. Mm-hmm. That's 
my breakfast. So how much how much fruit are you putting in there? Oh, not that much really. I mean, maybe a couple strawberries and maybe oh. some pineapple. Okay. That's fine. That's totally fine. But you have to remember, too, that, I mean, you know, things like, I don't know, collard greens and kale, they have so much nutrition to them. Um, cilantro, big immune booster. So, you know, these kind of things are so easily added into a smoothie, and then all okay. of a sudden your smoothie becomes your multivitamin. Okay. Those are, that's a great suggestion to add those. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's just a good way of doing it. Especially All right, like so so we talked about um, one of the pillars of health. How about the other ones? Well, so exercise, um, I think, and I always blame people like me, um, kind of messed up exercise, I think, for other people. Because we used, back in the day, when I was teaching classes, I used to tell people, listen, you need to work out three to four days a week for about 60 minutes. And then when they came back to me and they said, oh, man, you know, I just had a hard time and I only got in like, you know, 38 minutes. I'd be like, oh, you, you know, you totally messed up. You really needed 60 minutes. And, you know, recently the American College of Sports Medicine came out and said, wait a minute, hold on. You only need 150 to 300 minutes of activity per week. And it, it sounds like a big number, but it's really not. So what they said, though, is that it did not have to be consecutive, which means that you don't need the 60 minutes, like in one bulk of 60 minutes. You could break that down in, you know, like three you know, 10-minute sessions and what 30-minute session here and just break it down into little pieces throughout the day and throughout your week, and that's actually better for you because then you rev up your metabolism that way, right, and you always get the engines going. And they defined activity as anything that increased your heart rate or made, and made you sweat. So something like house cleaning actually counts. And so just doing yard work and some other, you know, more manual type things that we do in our day. So it's, it's kind of an important thing to note because I, I recognize that a lot of people stopped going to the gym because they were like, I don't have 60 minutes, so I guess I'm not going to go. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm like, now I'm telling them, no, 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 no. Why don't you just like wake up in the morning and do squats and lunges? And there you've gotten a couple of your minutes in. And then maybe at lunchtime, you go walk a little lap around the block. And, you know, like later on in the afternoon, maybe you make it and do a, a you know, a 30 minute Tabata type class in, in the afternoon. And all of a sudden you've got all your minutes in there. So that that's is great. Such an important key because it, it's, it's taken off that stress of, oh, I have to go to the gym for 30 minutes, you know, for 60 minutes. That's right. So I think that that's been really, really uh, a huge thing that has come out. And it's, it's nice to now be able to encourage people. Look, you know, I have a client of mine who cannot exercise. She has absolutely no time. She's a major executive, has no time. So we made a deal that she would, she can't park far from her office because she has assigned parking. But what she does is she actually walks the long way around the back of the parking garage to get to her car. So that's part of her workout. And then, of course, she walks the dog. And so that's part of her workout. And so we have all these little blocks of activity throughout her day that she has to do. Um, And then so by the end of the week, she actually gets in all her minutes. But yet she never really steps foot in a gym. But did she increase her heart rate with those activities? Yes, she did. So, so I would have her, there were certain things that I started having her, she got her a Fitbit and I'd have her time out things so that she could actually see where her heart rate was. And then at the end of the day, cause she doesn't really doesn't like to sweat too much during the day cause she's nicely dressed, but at the end of the day, she didn't care. So at the end of the day, she actually goes down eight flights of stairs 
and then oh, have wow. to walk the long way to get to her car. So when you start adding all of this up, you know, this, one, this was a woman who never exercised. So now mm. from zero, she's getting really close to her 150 minutes. So for her, this is amazing. That is. That's great. I like that. I like it a yeah, lot. So, you know, all those little tidbits, I think, are really important for people to kind of understand that, you know, it's okay to not have that full 60 minutes and just, you know, you're sitting there watching TV, do some squats and lunges and maybe some push-ups and, you know, then move on to something else. <laughs> yep. Get off the couch. <laughs> they always yeah. say you shouldn't okay. sit more than 20 minutes at a time, you know. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, that starts to mess with our posture. And once our posture goes, then our balance goes. And, you know, one thing that I say to clients all the time is, you know, as adults, we are actually growing seniors from scratch. And so mm-hmm. what we do to our bodies now is going to affect us when we're a senior. And so what kind of a senior do you want to be? <laughs> and, and so, you know, our posture is really, really important because that once that goes, then that's the senior that says, oh, I have no balance. And they treat having no balance like a disease. Oh, that's, mm. you know, you're old. That's why you don't have any balance, you know? And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with bad posture and a lack of strength. So if strength. we can keep that up as when we're younger, then when we're older, it won't affect us as much. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no question about that. Yeah. So you, Everything you talk about, of course, it benefits both women and men, which is great. But but you're also into um, helping children as well. You want to talk about that? I am. So my second book is called Superpowers of the Family Kitchen, and that is about feeding your children for growth and development, immune support, mental clarity, and focus. Because what we don't recognize is that the food that we give our kids is actually creating their health foundation for when they're 50. And you look at a three-year-old and you're thinking to yourself going, what do you mean I'm creating the health foundation when they're 50? It doesn't make any sense to me, but that's what we're doing. So the challenges that a 50-year-old has, a lot of them stem from their nutritional foundation when they were children. So it's really important to just kind of, you know, most parents, tend to, I do a lot of workshops at schools and lectures at schools. And what I have found is that most parents, it's kind of like, they're just like, they're just trying to get by. They're just trying Mm -hmm. to feed their kid because they're supposed to. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, no, you know, the same kind of effort you put into creating a meal for your most esteemed guest at a dinner party should be the same kind of effort you do for your children that you're growing, you know, because for kids, now you're growing an adult from scratch. So it's those that food foundation has a huge amount of value, and it's something we have to put into play. I was actually at a school yesterday, and I was talking to the principal, and we're talking about the lunches that some of the parents send, and, and it's incredible when you have a child that is rambunctious in, in class, can't focus, but yet their meal was all sugar. Mm-hmm. This one little girl that she was telling me that she came with her lunchbox, this was for lunch, and she had waffles that were already drenched in syrup. She had goldfish. She had a little tiny container of mac and cheese. And then she had these little gummy bears. And that was her lunch. And then, of course, she can't, that child is not going to be able to learn and focus. She's going to be all over the place. And then, Where unfortunately, the a child like that, yeah, yeah, exactly, where is the protein? And so this particular little girl gets in trouble a lot. 
Uh, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's sad. It's, to me, it's sad because I, I, I look at it from the outside going, wait a minute, this could be easily solved. Give that child chicken and broccoli and let's move on. And, sure. and, but now you've got to convince the parents about that. They have to get that understanding. And most of them, again, they're just trying to get by. They're like, I just, you know, my, my kids, the, the common thing that I always hear is my kid's a picky eater and I don't know what to give them. So this mm-hmm. is what I give them because I know they'll eat it. And it's like, well, no, your child is never going to starve. That's one thing that you have to always understand. And you have to start, you know, gearing them in the right direction for food because this is going to affect their entire life, their taste buds now when they're younger. So, Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's not now it's not just about nutrition. You know, there's, there's so many environmental factors now, too. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's the other thing, too, is that because there's so many environmental factors, it's so much more important to make sure that your immune system is the strongest it can be. Right, right. And And something as simple as sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sugar. Well, and, and it's sad because what people don't realize is that sugar can actually inhibit your immune system for up to five hours. That's right. So what that means is that in order to break down the sugar, your body basically has to has to steal various vitamins and minerals that are like maintaining your immune system, kind of like has to say, okay, I can't work in your office right now. I got to work in this other office. So those Mm -hmm. vitamins and minerals leave the immune system to go break down the sugar. And now your immune system is at a lower peak. And so, you know, it frustrates me when I see a teacher who cans out candy to kids because I'm thinking to myself going, first off, school is like the most, you know, germ-infested thing anywhere. And so now you're, you're, you know, you're inhibiting their immune system. And then all of a sudden all the kids are sick and you're wondering, oh, how did all these kids get sick? But <laughs> their immune system was jeopardized because you gave them candy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do a lot of shows um, relative to the immune system, you know, and what affects it. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how many people aren't knowledgeable of where the immune system starts in the human body. They don't know where. where. And, you know, once you explain to them that it's the, it's the intestinal tract, you know, that's where our immune system comes from. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know. Well, I, I do a lot of um, stress management talks, and, uh-huh. and so I'm sitting there trying to explain to everybody about your intestinal tract and how you've got these beautiful little hairs that kind of in, like they line the inside of your intestines, and as food goes through there, it's grabbing all the nutrients and absorbing it into your system. Wow, that's awesome. But when you're stressed, your intestines tighten, and those little hairs can't move around, and they can't grab the nutrients correctly. And all of a sudden, there's nutritional deficiencies, which then, of course, leads to disease and all sorts of other things. And, and it's, very, it's such an interesting thing to look at these people and, and they're looking at me going, this makes no sense. And I'm like, but it, it does. Your body has a reaction. And that uh-huh. reaction, unfortunately, the center of our bodies really is our gut. True. I know. It's just, it's just shocking. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean... The reality is, is that you are what you eat. Absolutely, that's the bottom yeah. line. That's the bottom line, you know. And I, I hear it over and over again from from physicians, doctors, practitioners, you know, everyone. And the biggest challenge today, because everyone is so busy, is eating well. 
But, you know, it doesn't have to be. I have a, a client of mine who said to me, you know what, I don't like to cook. So I eat out all the time. And I said, okay, let's see if we can kind of like come to a compromise. So I have her now in a system where the, there's a local like boutique grocery store that she goes to, and they do a roasted organic chicken. So she picks up a roasted organic chicken and a bin of mixed greens, organic mixed greens, and then she picks her vegetables, and all she has to do, her only job that she has to do is chop her vegetables and put them in glass containers, airtight containers, and then make Mm -hmm. two cups of quinoa. And so between those four categories of food, she can create just about every meal. Mm -hmm. And she buys some some berries that she can throw on, so she can make a breakfast with the quinoa with berries and a little drizzle of honey, or she can use the quinoa to stir fry with some vegetables and garlic and olive oil, or she can do a salad and toss the chicken and maybe a little bit of quinoa on that if she wanted to, or just do the chicken with some vegetables. So now she has this array of things that she can do because her whole thing was, I get home really late, which I can understand. And she's like, sure. and I don't want to cook. So uh-huh. I'm like, this stuff is uh-huh. done. Once, you know, quinoa made plain can stay in your refrigerator for five days. So, and, and quinoa is a complete protein as, as it is too. It has a little bit of carbs in there, but it also has a good quality protein in there. So mm-hmm. it's a great staple to have already made in your refrigerator. That's a great suggestion. It really is. I like so we, that. We can make things simply. On my website, I have, that's my whole thing. I love to cook. So I have a ton of recipes and they're all really simple to make. They're all quick. And, and that's really that the idea is to create just a system of some quick recipes that you make. And then if you get really good at it, you do it where you, you make a little bit extra. And then that extra converts into a different recipe the next day, utilizing those leftovers. So something I like to do for my kids, like I did last night, I did roasted chicken. I did some um, Brussels sprouts. We did roasted potatoes, but I made extra chicken. And then that extra chicken today, mm-hmm. I chopped it up into small pieces, and I made a marinara sauce with the chicken. And I cooked some um, – there's a, a new pasta that I've been enjoying that's made with garbanzo beans. And so I made the pasta with the garbanzo beans, and we had the marinara sauce with chicken. So one – you know, yesterday's meal, the leftovers from yesterday's meal made a completely new meal today. That's and great. And so if you can kind of get yourself into those kind of cycles, then, of course, there's no food waste, and it's making life easy. Mm-hmm. So that well, we tell can everybody, tell everybody your website so they can go. My website your is book Adida. And, you know, yes. And the recipe. It's Adida, A-D-I-T-A, Lang, mm-hmm. L-A-N-G.com. And I have everything there. The recipes are free. There's tons of them. Um, for everyone to enjoy. And then I've got a blog on there as well. And then, of course, my books, both of my books have a lot of recipes in them. The first one is Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness. And that book goes over the four pillars that we've been talking about and then also includes some recipes and tea time and zen and things like that. And then the Superpowers for the Family Kitchen, that's really all about feeding your kids. So it talks about dealing with picky eaters and different food challenges and anything that you need to know as a mom, but in a really fun, simple, easy-to-read type manner, because we're all busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So they can purchase your books off your website any place else? 
through Amazon. Both books are available okay. on Amazon okay. and Barnes and Nobles. Visually, they're just fantastic. They're Thank so you. they're so creative and artistic. <laughs> I was looking at them and just going, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I mean, it, they really uh, draw your attention in, and, they, and then of course the content keeps you there. Oh, good. Thank you so much. It, it's it's been a fun journey to make my books, and I have another one that's going to come out soon too. So it, it's a, it's been a fun thing. Your energy is endless. <laughs> Oh gosh. Was there anything else you'd like to add today to our conversation? We we didn't talk too much about sleep and I think that that's kind of an important thing to do as well. Um, That when you, when you wake up, if you wake up, you know, ideally you should wake up just ready to get up. But if you wake Mm -hmm. up and you feel groggy and you feel like you have to hit the snooze button 20 times, then that means you got to start working on your sleep. I think one thing that's come up really great is the Fitbit because the Fitbit actually gives you a sleep chart and that sleep chart will show you your sleep cycles. And ideally we should have about six to seven sleep cycles and they're about 60 minutes and 75 minutes each. So that's the dark color, whatever. um, I think the Apple watch, they use different colors than the Fitbit does, but typically the darker color is supposed to be the deep sleep. And then from there, you have a lighter color, which is kind of interrupted sleep, and then a much lighter color, which is awake. And you want to have a big chunk of these dark colors because that means you're getting full rest. But little things like having your room too warm can interrupt your sleep. The same as all of the little LED lights from computers and TVs and gadgets. That can disrupt your sleep. And people look at those little lights like, oh, that's not going to bother me. I had a, a conference I taught at not too long ago, and, and this gentleman said to me, that little light, how's that little light going to bother me? And I said, okay, let's do, let's do an experiment. I'm like, close your eyes, and I flashed a flashlight on his closed eyes. And I'm like, can mm-hmm. you see the light? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, well, that's what happens. You're in a deep sleep. You're in one of those sleep cycles, and you turn around, and one of those itty-bitty lights beams you in the eye, and all of a sudden, you are now, you're not fully awake, but you're being pulled out of the sleep cycle. And once you're pulled out, yeah. you have to basically start a brand new sleep cycle to get back in. So these and, things yeah, and, sleep and these and, well, and then a lot of people they don't turn off their cell phones and they have them rather close to their to their beds, which isn't the greatest yes. the greatest idea. Um, so yes, I'm telling people all the time to put their their cell phones in the other room. They don't mm-hmm. need to be next to your bed. And it's, it's for, you know, many reasons. You know, you have the, the radiation-type reason from a Correct. cell phone, but then you also have that feeling of like, oh, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can just skim through Facebook until I fall asleep. Or, mm-hmm. oh, it dings because there's a message for me. Or, you know, someone might need me kind of call. And so you always have this kind of like angst inside of you over the phone, which we don't need to have that. So we Mm-mm. need to just put it in a different room and notice that, you know, nighttime is time to sleep. Well, it's the only time your body has has to rejuvenate itself, to repair itself. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is that, you know, we are basically physically recovering between 10 and 2, and we're mentally recovering between 2 and 6. Oh, that's interesting. So, 
So we want to really look at that too, because I have clients that come to me that they eat really well, they exercise all the time, and they can't lose weight. And it's because they're not allowing their body to physically recover. So their mm. body's just basically holding on to the fat. So you said that from ten. So you said from ten to two. From ten to two, it's physical recovery, and then what was it after that? And then from two to six, it's mental. Mental. Okay. Interesting. So you know, these are it's it's, it's an important recovery time for us. And we really can't take it for granted because it, it will affect our day. They had some research study recently that stated that if you hit the snooze button, it inhibits your mental productivity for up to four hours in the morning. And, and I, I have this conversation with people all the time. Um, when someone feels like they're healthy, like they, they're like, yeah, you know, I've, I've had my physical. My doctor says I'm good. You know, I feel good. I feel great. But what if I could tell you to, that I could make you feel better? And that mm-hmm. concept of better is really weird because it's not like I'm selling you a pen and you can look at the pen and say, yeah, I guess this is a better pen than my pen. So this is a great pen. It's not that. You have nothing to look at. All I'm doing is saying, what if you could feel better? And so I had a client not too long ago that she was like, I've always hit the snooze button. I've hit the snooze button since I was a kid. And I'm like, yeah, but Gee. what if you could feel better? And so interestingly enough, and it, it took us several months, but um, we got her down to the point where she wasn't hitting the snooze button and she was actually waking up before her alarm. And she's like, now you speak to her and she's like, I've never felt this good in my life. I didn't know that I had this in me. Wow. Jeez. And, and most of us don't recognize that because we live, you know, we look at our day and we're like, yeah, I'm good. And my, you know, my doctor says I'm healthy and everything's going great. So I'm at my best right now, but it's kind of like, what if there was more? Right. Well, it's, it's kind of called having a new normal. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have a physician that, that that's her thing, you know, let's get you to the new normal. Yeah. I hear I hear her tell patients that a lot. Oh, that's wonderful. Awesome. Yep. So, well, yeah. I think we've had a great time, and um, I love learning new things, and I learned quite a bit from you today, as have our oh, listeners. Awesome. Thank you. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's really great. So, um in closing, why don't you once again let everybody know the names of your books and your website for their information. Great. Okay, so it's Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness and Superpowers of the Family Kitchen. And I'm available all through social media at Adita Lang. So it's A-D-I-T-A-L-A-N-G. And then my website is AditaLang.com as well. So please come visit. We will do it for sure. Good. Thank you so much. You are very welcome and have a great evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, that wraps up our show for today. You all know, if you come back next Wednesday, you'll learn something else really new. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. 
We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 